one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Semi-Current Events. The podcast, when you're done recording, you come out of the closet. <laughs> that is awesome, because uh, we, well, one of us is in the closet right now. Uh, Hand up. I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week, uh, we decided to do a TV-themed uh, confessional, so... A confession of something uh, maybe embarrassing you've watched on TV or something maybe embarrassing you haven't watched on TV. Um, Riley, why don't you uh, why don't you start? So I'm not going to... I mean, I just made a gay joke about myself, so I'm not coming out and doubling down and saying, Oh, I watched The Bachelor. Blah, blah, blah. I definitely do not. But um, <laughs> I've never... Hand up, I do. <laughs> I've <laughs> never seen uh, uh, The Godfather. Any of them. Uh, no, no Brando. I... I've, I've, I've never seen it. I've been like told it's the greatest movie of all time, all that crap. And I believe it. I mean, I just, I can't commit myself to, because they're like, oh, it's awesome. It's three hours. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I cannot commit myself yeah. to three hours. It just can't happen. Yeah, it's like sitting down and watching uh, The Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Um, and Oh, I've watched the, except, I have all, which, all of those extended. I've watched them in a row. So that's not a good example right. for me. The, the, that's not the playing thing well. Is, is that they they eased you into it, right? Because the first one was not was not the same length as the Return of the King, uh, and the Two Towers wasn't either. But by that point, they had you hooked. Oh so yeah, you were going to sit through the entire third movie because you had already watched the first two and you wanted to know what happened. Oh, for sure. First, 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 first one's free. What happened? But you wanted to see it play out. It was the first one's free, and then after that, Pretty much, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was like a drug. Um, so my, what do you got for me? My TV confession, um, you know, keeping on the, the same track of things I haven't watched, I have never seen an episode of The Simpsons. Wow. That's that's a, outrageous. Um, yeah. I can't believe I mean, that. I, I mean, you grew so up... I've seen the intro... You were born um, after 85. I know. The it's been Simpsons. on for decades. I, yeah, I've seen the intro... Uh, a lot on like YouTube or like people make spoofs of it. Um, I have watched a fair bit of Family Guy because it was on Netflix and stuff. Um, and so I know Family Guy didn't spoof it. And so I know like the theme song and stuff. But I, I've never seen an episode. And I attribute that to the fact that we. Um, That's a crime. That it's not on Netflix. It's not on Amazon oh, it's, Prime. It's, for it's free. Netflix's I, fault. I didn't think it was. Okay. All right. Well, The Godfather's on Netflix, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, but I have a kid though, so like, I can't always just like drop three hours for for a movie yeah. that has like a horse head. Yeah, I guess it has a horse head killing in it, so like that, I have to like look out for that. But that sounds like yeah, so th now just saying that I'm gonna make that home my homework. Now just saying that it has a horse head killing, it just sounds awesome. Like Italians, <laughs> like I love. I've watched talking about these shows and movies that we have never seen and. Like there's like one like scene that stands out that everybody knows. Yeah, I know, and I've never seen it. And so, and like I love I love mob movies. I love like crime movies. It's the fucking biggest one ever. So that'll be my yeah. homework. You're, you'll get a you'll get a um, Godfather review. So that'll be it's, good. Uh, it's it's the Godfather of all the uh, crime movies. Pun <laughs> <laughs> uh, completely intended. Well, I love Goodfellas. So we're gonna move on. And it like I feel like Goodfellas <laughs> stemmed from it okay uh, all right yeah it was good before or after oh god no it was way after 
didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the next thing that we got going on, and I love this one, what makes a girl a bitch? And it's not like she was acting like a bitch. Oh, she actually has bitchy ten- uh, tendencies. It's just like I see this girl, she's a bitch. This one thing that jumps out to you, she's a bitch. And uh, mm-hmm. the thing I got that really, you know, it it, it, it is just it, she's a bitch if she does this. If she drives a Volkswagen Bug, second gen, second gen yeah. exclusively. If you drive the first gen, right. then you're kind of like a hipster and you're still like, you're still lame. You probably want to like. You're right on the borderline. You probably want to show me your vinyls in your, in your hipster right. ass car. And so like, I'm not, I mean, you're not a bitch, but I mean, you're not in a good company at that point. But yeah, so right. if you drive you a are, bug, you're right on the borderline. You really have to watch your behavior at that point. Otherwise, you could or watch your yeah your behavior and your uh, other tendencies in order to avoid earning yourself that title. It sucks because I like Volkswagen too. It's just that that's the one thing, and none of them ever know. None of them ever know anything about cars. Right. There's not a Volkswagen Bug owner that knows anything about a Volkswagen Bug. That is yes, that's one hundred percent true. Especially, and I would I would add one further. I think that you are your level of the the level of odds that you are a complete bitch uh, goes up exponentially if you have eyelashes on your Volkswagen bug oh, or any God. sort of other decoration that people usually put. on. You Volkswagen should just be put bugs. down. I mean, there's a whole host of them. At yeah. that point, if if you um, have eyelashes on your car. You're a bitch. If you have eyelashes on your Volkswagen Bug, you should be put down and uh, like exiled from society. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, that is a that is a great one. I I think um, increasingly and unfortunately they're becoming more and more popular. But when they first came out, uh, all the girls that had those pop out holder things for their phone so they can take. Selfies easier, or, or just hold their phones. You know, about like selfie the stick? things that stick on the back of your phone. No, no, no. The poppet things that are on the back of your phone, and they like slide oh. fingers between them, and they can like hold their phone. Okay, easier. yeah, the um, thing that, yeah, yeah, the little joystick yeah, on your phone. Before those became popular, like they're outrageously popular now. Before they became super popular, about like six months ago, I would see those and just be like, "That girl's probably a bitch." <laughs> if you wear a choker, probably a bitch. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Even though, even though it's like. I like it, kind of like it. You're still probably a bitch. Yeah, it's a good look. I mean, it's fun. it's interesting though because that uh, that's coming back from like the '90s. So I would also say like super high waisted shorts, um, also a pretty good indication. Sunglasses. My my other one of my other ones is sunglasses that are just a bit too large. Like I don't mind big sunglasses, but there's a point where it's like okay, those sunglasses are like borderline too big. They're covering too much of your face. <laughs> I'm do. just picturing a girl with a choker taking a selfie in her Volkswagen bug and she like she's the antichrist. Yeah. That's yep, essentially that is, uh, the... that is how the second that is how Armageddon starts. <laughs> um if your name is if your name is Jessica. Oh yeah. I think there's a few names yeah. too. Do you have I feel like you someone hurt you. Name Jessica. Um Yeah, no, I've uh, I've only dated uh Three people in my life, and, and all of them have been Jessicas. I only, I exclusively date Jessica. Do you have a thing for them? <laughs> like you find a Jessica? No. Who's the hottest no, Jessica? No. Jessica one, two, or three. Um, well, they all spell it differently. That was actually oh. my other one. If you, if There's you only one way name, to spell Jessica. If does any of them throw a K in it? Yeah. Well, oh, the K. Like maybe you throw a Y, and it can be 
comedian place like J S Y K A Jessica. That that like but that goes for all names with me. Like if you are like If you're a weird speller of your name two E's. Yeah. Your yeah. parents are assholes. Your parents are bitches at that point, and in proxy you are as well. Right. I mean it's it's uh, nature versus nurture, the age old psychological discussion. Are you a bitch because you are born and that is the way that is your nature, or is it because of the way that you were brought up? Oh yeah, I DNA. Is it DNA both. or is it environment? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Fair I, enough. I just rattled off like five in a row. So do you have any other ones? Uh I feel like there's a few names. So like Michaela's, Jessica's, uh, mm. Brittany's. Essentially, like all white girl names are just yeah, like bitches. Absolutely. Maybe they're just yeah. like that's just maybe the problem with white girls. <laughs> oh, if you yeah. have extensions in your hair. Yes. Hair do you, extensions? Do you remember back in high school they used to do bumpets? No. Do you, remember, do you know what a bump it is? Do you remember that at it, all? I know it as either like that little game. Bump it. <clears throat> squeeze it. <clears throat> twist no. it. <laughs> no, that's bop it, dude. Bop it is a great game. Um, people who play bop it are not bitches. I, I would play the shit out of some bop it right now. Okay, but is it like a hair thing? Were, Bump it, yeah, or is it drugs? Like go under their hair to make it look taller, like they have more poof in the back. Okay, fair enough. All right. I mean, um, I don't have any. I think there's lots of things, but like the surface level things. You know, if you if you drive a bug, you're a bitch. Wear a choker, you're a bitch. You got the selfie hand thing. Your name's Jessica, and you hurt Jared deep down in his heart. You're a bitch. <laughs> If you if you if you're too into the Bachelor, you're a bitch. Um, yeah. If your dream, any, um, if your dream is to be on Dancing with the Stars, you're probably a bitch. <laughs> yeah. All right, and that brings us to the finger skater who didn't do. She wouldn't do any of the flips. She won the bronze for the U.S. in her mind for the team, um, and she wanted to focus on her smiling. So that she could uh, fulfill her dream of being on Dancing with the Stars. So I have a couple problems with this. Uh, the first one, I'll go. I'll go in order of, of least important problem that I have with it to most important. The least important problem I have with it is the fact that I feel like if if you cannot skate and smile, which you are an Olympic figure skater, like, you should be able to skate and smile at the same time. You are probably not going to be the best at Dancing with the Stars because you're going to have to learn a new dance and smile, which is a completely isn't, new skill. And if you can't do something and smile at the same time, you're probably not the greatest, like... Isn't isn't her dream supposed to be finger skating? Figure skating? I mean, you, you would think, being an <laughs> Olympic athlete, that your dream would be to win... She won gold in the, the individual, I believe, right? She's the lady who did the triple axel... No, she didn't win the gold. She so that was the that was the team event. Didn't she uh, win the gold by herself though? Competing. No. Different girl. She didn't. I don't think she did. Okay, I thought it was I the. I thought the controversy was that she won the gold with the triple axel in the singles, and that she wouldn't do it in the team because she wanted to focus no. on smiling. Oh, okay. I just remember I remember that being a big deal that somebody was going to be able to do the the, the triple axel, um, even though all the men do it like on a regular basis, like the scrub men do it on a regular basis. But if it's a woman, we have to care more. Yes, I, we I guess are required to. Um, so yeah, she did not medal in the individual 
um, category at the Olympics. What she did is that triple axel in the team competition, which helped the U.S. Uh, skating team that she was on get the bronze medal. And which brings me to my second and and the biggest thing I have a problem with is the fact that she basically just completely made her teammates uh, seem like they did nothing yeah, threw them under the competition bus. because she, <laughs> yeah, she, she essentially said the only reason we got the bronze is because I went out and did the triple axel, which while that might be true, I don't know because I, I'm not a judge and I, I cannot determine that. Um, I don't hate that it. That may or may not be true. But the fact of the matter is, like, that is the worst teammate I have ever seen in my entire life. That is a <laughs> completely ridiculous level of asshattery to go out and suggest something like that. Well, whether or not it's true. So the only do the only argument. Team. So like, I didn't follow the story at all, really. But but figure skating is one of those things where it's judged on a score, and then your score is added to the team. So she actually, mm-hmm. I mean, if she did actually carry them. Like it's literally in a, a numerical evidence that she carried them. So if if she has validity behind it, like... no, because they're scored, and then you add the scores together, and they see the scores. So it's like, it's not like a team sport where, oh yeah, I didn't score that goal, but we also let that goal in, so it's the keeper's fault. But actually, it's the whole team. It's it's I did my part. You literally are individually on the court. It's like if you had like a, it's like the Riders Cup. Like, if I had a freaking hole-in-one and then you double-bogeyed, it's fucking your fault that you double-bogeyed, and it's not I did my shit. And and the right. other thing is, too, the, the, the whole Dancing with the Stars thing, this is her, like, this is her moment to, to, to have any, like, relevance. So, making headlines, I don't hate it. If she gets a sponsor dealership, deal, <laughs> sponsor deal out of it, or something like that, and this is, she becomes the heel... I'm all for it, man. I would do it if that meant, like, if that was like, oh, I don't have to work at a cubicle because I, I threw my t- Olympic teammates under the bus because now I'm, like, the evil heel. I'm down with it. I'm, I don't I don't hate it. I, I feel like you would be, I feel like she would be just as famous and just as likely to get on Dancing with the Stars if she was, like, one of the first U.S. women, well, if she was the first U.S. woman to land that triple axel and was one of the premier U.S. women figure skater in the past, like, memory since really, like, Michelle Kwan, um, to go out and win a individual gold medal at the Olympics. I don't know if Michelle Kwan ever won one, actually. I'd, I'd have to check that. But, like, there's not very many very, like, famous U.S. women's figure skaters, and the ones that are famous are famous because they do so well, like, they win gold medals uh, when figure skating really isn't considered to be the U.S.'s thing. Or they call a hit. Uh, they call a hit out on their competitor. That's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Figure like, skating is one of those things of thing. that it's like, it's it's a monster when it comes around. It's like, it's, it's a monster of a thing. Like, yeah. it's not, the stories also, that come out of it are so, are so big compared to the size of the sport. The sport is tiny, if you think about it. Right. But the the size of the stories that come out of it are crazy. Tanya Harding, um, I mean, the, even this like like the, the super gay guy at the start. Do you remember hearing about Adam him? Adam Rippin. I don't know what his name is, but he was super gay and he was a finger skater, figure skater, and that was super cool. So I don't really know. It was what... interesting too because he's not even good. Like, yeah. He didn't, 
besides that team you, battle, which apparently was carried by this uh, girl who did the triple axel. You know who was uh, a good team and are really good? Uh, Ship Twins? No. Ship Sibs or whatever they're called? I uh, who? The men's curling. Oh, Team Schuster. Oh, what a, what a shot that was. What a I sh- know, a five-ender. Uh, yeah, whatever that is. It, it was awesome. I like electric, um, and I didn't even I, I didn't did watch it live. Watch it? Did you watch it live? I did watch it live. I didn't watch it live. I watched it in like the broadcast that America gets that is like convenient to our hours. Um, but man, that that sh- that shot just to fucking bust all over their faces and like with one shot was the coolest thing. I was like jumping up and down. It's like I, to me, I equate it to like a uh, because curling isn't a sport. But I equate it to like, if you're playing beer pong and you hit the the redemption cup or something, or or you hit like the final oh, cup. Oh man, I think it's bigger than that. I think it's like you bounce, you bounce like in, you're like, cup. yeah, you bounce in a a bald sack and you get and you, and you win. Fire and you get it back again. And yeah, you yeah. win like without them ever touching the ball like that. It was cool. I I never really got the. I knew the idea behind curling i never really got into watching it that that match i actually i what what does what do the brooms do the amount of skill they have what do the brooms do yeah i i i don't know and i'm like afraid to ask at this point so does it does so uh, does it basically by doing that you decrease the the friction in that area because you're heating the ice so let me ask you this layer of water on the top does it does the broom is it the pathway that the thing follows or is it the pathway it goes away from Pathway it follows. Okay, less friction it follows. Okay, that makes sense. I was always confused if they were like, you push on one side and it goes the other way, is what I was kind of thinking, but I thought it was maybe they they brushed the pathway. No, yeah, they're cleaning, they're basically cleaning the ice and like slightly, I guess, heating it up with friction to get that thing to follow the path of least resistance. But it's so cool. Like, I never realized how cool it was to watch how much. They do they all have to go, like or that. do they like one position? Like each person the team has to have a throw. Okay, but I think you can use. Um, there's no limit to the amount of times that one individual um, can throw. You know, one person can go, and I, I think they they use their throwers have different strengths in different in different times. Oh, oh, uh, there's a I, there's I a blocking throw. throw. Timmy's really good at this. Exactly, yeah. and I love I love that their name the the the, the skipper. Is the um, is the name of the team? That's dope. Yeah. That means that makes me feel like it means a lot to be the skipper. Like you get yeah, the fucking exactly. name team named after you, the team named after you. Like yeah. that's a that's a bigger deal than just like he's the captain. He talks to the ref. Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I like no, it's, that. It's cool. I uh, yeah, I I really uh, I really had a good time watching that live. I was I was very amped up, and it was funny because after afterwards. Well, and they hit that, you know, in the in the eighth end, and they still had two more ends to play. And so I'm sitting there watching, and I was like, why am I so excited about this? It's just curling. But it's so <laughs> It's huge. America. Is I mean, it it's is. so huge to the sport. I, yeah, I get very patriotic about it, I think, is the, is the thing with all, all the Olympic sports. Um, well, the, the, but, the good thing we can root for this year, at least um, we didn't have a Russia win in, uh, in hockey. That is true. I was so happy that. Oh yeah, OAR is. I love, I love OAR, but I hate Russia. I I love OAR. Um. 
Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, the storylines that came out were just hilarious of these OAR athletes, which, first of all, like, the OAR, for being a very newly formed country, you'd mm-hmm. think that they mm-hmm. would have done more poorly. At the I've heard, I've also. heard their anthem before. Well, at least the one that, that, that the hockey players were singing. They weren't actually mm-hmm. playing that anthem, but they were singing it. It was weird. But I yeah, like the OAR. There's the nothing thing. that I think will come out about the OAR. They're clean. They're honest athletes. There's, you know, I, I like no, that. One of them already got busted for doping. <laughs> it was the curler, right? Man, it's your first. Yeah, a curler and a. Uh, what is a cur- that wore, What does a curler juice for? <laughs> I don't know. I still can't figure that out. Maybe Adderall. Um, mm. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think the bobsled one is funny too because she got she was wearing a shirt that said like I, I don't, don't cur- dope I don't yeah I don't Instagram. dope I'm super clean that's yeah. you know what that is it's like don't test me I'm all, you I mean I have the right. shirt it's I wouldn't who would actually say they're clean if. You don't need to test me. I'm above report, reproach. Right. Yeah. It, uh, it, that that that's a ballsy move. I love that. I love when people get in over their head. Oh that's my favorite thing. It's just it's that whole that whole country, the OAR. I don't know where it is. I couldn't find it on the map. Um, but the OAR was like man, very bland yeah, colors too. Busted for busted for doping at an Olympics. That's just crazy. Yeah, That's never I, that, they need to reform that OAR uh, doping uh, testing. I don't know what's going on with it. We don't want another Russia yeah, situation. I, well, like, Russia wasn't even there, so, I mean, maybe if Russia couldn't field any athletes, maybe just have the, some of these OAR athletes have to, like, compete under the Russian flag. Oh, that'd be a good idea. I mean, that'd be a good punishment, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw it in Russia's so, face and make those OAR athletes play under them. Right, exactly. I mean, you would just hey, Russia, I'm sorry you're too weak to field any athletes, but this OAR, these guys got busted for doping, so sorry, OAR, you don't get any medals anymore. You don't get your fancy anthem played. It's a thing. We're going to make you all walk under the You Russian have to be flag. Russian. So That'll stop them from being doping, because you know, the, the Russians are going to get tested a lot. So that'll stop the OAR yeah. athletes from being doped. So that, yeah, that, Russians, that's a good I mean, idea. They, I, think, they, I think we solved that problem for, on two folds. Have the OAR athletes be Russian at that point? You know, I didn't even watch the uh, the game. I should have. I'm, I'm a pretty big hockey fan, but it's it's hard to watch hockey on uh, on TV. And I I think even I even watch hockey on TV. Besides the, it's it's hard. It's so much more fun in person. And even with the NHL players not competing in this Olympics, we it's still hard to watch hockey. And it's it's kind of a shame because it's such a great sport in so, person to be at. The, the games are fun. I've never been into hockey, so I've never gone to a hockey game. We don't have a pro team here, but we have like a a lower, like a second tier. Uh, WHL never, team? Yeah, I've never been to it. Um, but I feel the same way about a couple sports. I feel like baseball is that way. Like I I think baseball yeah. has... Uh, there's something awesome about playing baseball or uh, like being at a baseball game. Um, yeah. But but sitting down and watching a baseball game on TV is too slow. Like in the moment right. when you're there, there's so much other things going on. But there's so many commercials. It's pretty slow. Um, I can't just be at like a in the the whole point of going to base of baseball is going to watch it in the sun and just chilling back. Right. And, and you know like the chance that you could like catch some. There's no other sport like baseball where you can get a souvenir by getting it hit at you. I think that's a cool well, niche that they I have. Mean, hockey. <laughs> I didn't. You keep the cup, uh, the puck. Oh yeah, comes over the glass. Is that? Yeah, but that's way more rare than a baseball. 
Very much so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think there's a few sports like that. I think I think we need we could fix them in a couple ways. If there was, you know, t-shirt cannons through your TV, that would be sweet. Yeah. I think with baseball, um, smell vision would be a good. Uh, you're gonna smell the park. Is that what you're saying? Used for baseball games. Yeah, like you know, smell vision where like you you get the smells. Uh, I don't know. People always talk about it. Um, I don't think it's a real thing, but like, because baseball, yeah, part of the fun of going to a baseball game, I think a large part of it is like you smell, like the smell of the stadium. We've got the hot dogs, have a, the, the popcorn, the grass. What about a fan um, cam? Like where you're literally just like filming like a view of, from the can from a fan's perspective, and like involve like fights and stuff. Maybe the fan cam gets in an argument with a guy who's like. Like wearing a a Yankees hat to a, a Mariners versus a Padres game. Like, why are you even here? Like, you, like you just like you start fights on on behalf of the people at home. I think that would be a good idea, and that could go for hockey. That could yeah. go for any of them. You know, the fan cam with the smell of vision. You smell the ice, smell the blood, smell the throw up next to you. The blood, sweat, and tears. Um, yeah, I think, uh, but it's it's interesting. I think that. Uh, Translating a sports TV is difficult. It has to be wired a certain way. For instance, soccer, I think it's great to watch on TV, but I really don't like soccer. I think the reason that a lot of people don't like watching it on TV is because there's not enough breaks. Mm. I think that I there see needs that's the thing I love about soccer. Breaks. Is that right? But I that's the thing you love about break. soccer. And I love about soccer, but I think with a lot of people, it's the reason they like having breaks every once in a while or TV timeouts and things like that is because you can get up to go get a beer, you can get up to go get more snacks, you can get up to go to the bathroom, and you're not missing any of the game. And soccer is hard for a lot of people because there are so few goals scored. And if you didn't play soccer or really like soccer, so you don't understand the nuance of the passing and stuff like that. But they're always afraid that if they get up and go do something, they're going to miss it. So they feel like they can't move, but at the same time, there's not a lot going on, so they want to get up and go grab something. Um, so your your solution thing for most people to balance. Your solution for soccer is less action. My solution for <laughs> soccer would be um, a clock, not a clock stoppage. Um, the water breaks. They have that water break thing, right? Yeah, exactly. But you want to that do, to do like water breaks? I kind of hated that. Um, you can cut away. You can cut away on goal kicks and take a little bit longer, but in between goal kicks, like. A thirty-second spot for a commercial wouldn't kill the game. Um, are you going to make the people the stop, the like the, the kickers, like the the goalies? Are you going to make them stop and take time for that, or can they just keep playing? Yeah. You no, make them I stop? Think, uh, no, I that's. Think, a, I think that, I, I hate that. Not, I love the no, fact no, that I, every, I. Not every time. Um, but every couple corner kicks wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean, I mean you get. I I I just I love the. I love the the full forty five where it's like I'm invested for this forty five. I have I know I have a ten minute coming up in forty five, but for this forty five, in an instant, the whole game could change. I have to watch this the whole time. I can't look away. This is part of it. I can just this is the only thing I'm going to focus on for forty five minutes. I think the real problem with soccer in America is the American commentators. I cannot stand. Taylor Twilwin, Twilman or whatever his name is. I can't stand uh, Casey Keller. Alexi Lawless. Alexi Lawless. They all just, they sound the same. They sound like your weird dad coach that, that like, coached Micro. And it's not really right. their fault, honestly. I think it's, I think it's more so um, 
I think it's more so that they that they don't have an accent. I think an accent goes a long way. Yeah, I think that's part of it, and I think another part of it too is that these. I mean, we'll use British commentators uh, as my example because I don't speak Spanish well enough to like listen to a game in Spanish um, unless I absolutely have to. But the thing that gets it for me is. Uh, these British commentators, they have been doing it for years and years and years. They've got so much experience. Uh, a lot of them maybe played, you know, soccer back in like the 50s or the 60s or whatever. I mean, they're not that old, but they, uh, you know, they talk. Yeah, there's not, <laughs> like 80-year-old commentators. <laughs> well, seriously, some of them are some of them No, are some of them are up some there. I think that's 60s, stretching 70s. a little bit. But there's also like, um, there's, I think, Alexi Lawless is like probably in his 40s um right and 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 there's but a he, craig burley in them are around that age steve nickel um but there's a difference between see we have we are blessed to be able to listen to british commentators that have years and years of experience commentating and, and it's like with baseball commentators or baseball radio too. announcers as well they, it, it comes from experience, right? All the great baseball announcers, Bob Euchre, uh, Ben Scully, everybody refers to them. They didn't become great commentators overnight. They became great commentators for years and years of watching and commentating baseball and to their, till they had everything they needed, all, all of the weapons in their arsenal. They could talk about anything mm-hmm. um, you know, relating to the game. And I think that part of the reason that American commentators are not as good is because to us, we watch too much soccer with great commentators yeah. who have been doing it for decades and have all the experience and have seen the history of these teams firsthand so they can talk about them with eloquence and passion that these American commentators just can't because to them it's just numbers on a sheet. It's not but moments I, that they've I, lived. I think that um, the thing that, that we're missing is though they, they're taking these ex-athletes and trying to make them commentators rather than having somebody who just wants to be a commentator too. So like Joe Buck and like the baseball guys, a lot of those guys didn't play baseball. They just really like it. And they have a voice that's made for this. Like they have a voice, right. a presence when these other guys are athletes first, they just want a media career because it's all that's left for them, you know? Um, yeah, and, no, I and actually, I'm fine I with, with that as well. I, but the problem is, I, I I'm fine with them having a media career, except a lot of them have really bad takes on on soccer. Like they their right. their tactics and their ideals with when it comes to the sport are just bad, and it's obviously bad. And it's like it it goes well in hand with the way that they commentate as well. Like Taylor Twellman, I just I can't listen to that guy talk about soccer. I like even when he's not like on a game. I can't listen to him talk on a panel. I can't listen to him do anything. Same, same with Alexi Lawless. They just, they just make my they make me cringe every time. Right. They well. I think the problem with that is that when you get any ex athlete, this is this is the Achilles heel for me with having ex athletes commentate. They know a lot about the sport and they know a lot about the the way the game is played, but they have a very narrow experience window with coaching and tactics and things like that because they are basically dependent. Alexi Lawless and, and Twillman and, and those guys are, are dependent. They're, all of their tactical experience comes from what their managers, their very select few managers they've had in their career, have told them are good tactics in the way that they have played and, and seen success, whereas commentators, like you said, even Joe Buck and those guys, 
you know, when they when they didn't play and they just watched the game and they were able to see a variety, a huge variety of different tactics succeed, they're a lot more tactically knowledgeable than a player who has had one manager and and that manager said this is a good tactic and so I'm going to die on that hill of this yeah, the best tactic. They do die the on their hills and that's what, that's why I don't like that. Um, I think um, the one thing that all these things are missing is like, like when you have basketball and football, there's always this like, moment of like there could be just like a fight that breaks out like you remember ron artest went into the stands oh yeah yeah, yeah i love that i love the, yeah. the idea that you're gonna fight and then you have sports that are not good on tv because there's never gonna be a fight i mean look at that brings us like to the golf guy this week he couldn't take somebody yeah. at like hoping that he goes into a bunker when um like i'm sure that lebron james has heard that people fuck his mom every night like i'm sure that people say that to him every night or they say the n-word to him every night but this guy couldn't take the fact that somebody wanted his ball to go in a bunker that's what rooting's all about like exactly it wasn't even that he uh was yelling in the middle of the guy's back he waited he was patiently an asshole he waited till the ball was near he was the most polite heckler (laughs) we've ever encountered i'm not actually going to affect you but i hope you don't do well hey buddy was that you and he probably the thing is I've never I haven't seen the video like I didn't we didn't see the other guy he goes was that you and I bet you the guy was like yeah it was me fucking golf fans yeah. are the Cana- like are like the Canadian version of fans right like if oh sorry if like if in the NFL like the Seahawks with their ridiculously loud stadium imagine if the Seahawks waited they were dead silent <laughs> until the ball was snapped and then once the play was over so that they didn't break anybody's concentration they cheered very loudly they said fumble fumble it this guy did (laughs) yeah that's the equivalent of what this guy did and they were still justin thomas still got mad at him that boggles my (laughs) mind what a bitch he's a bitch no other sport are you quiet and you and you don't try to mess the athlete up i think that's cool with golf because such a it's such a game of like minor gentlemen and stuff like that i mean I can't play golf to save my life if somebody, let alone me, yelled in the middle of my backswing. Um, I would actually probably get better. But the, I like the the politeness of that. It's fine. <laughs> but my God, man, what a bitch! It's not like he messed you up. He just oh, you're gone. You're gone, buddy. Here. What is he gonna do? Enjoy oh, your day. You're gone. Buddy. Dropping the buddy on someone. <laughs> At least I want it. Like if you would have had a freak out, fan, I was mad. Yeah, I don't, and I don't get why the athlete can kick him out for that. Like, I don't know that you have know. that power. How do athletes have the power to kick anybody out? No, exactly. you don't. Like, like I, I just pictured, like, I don't like this guy. If I, like, okay, so now if I was ever a pro golfer, I I would just be like, I don't like this guy's face. Get him out of here. Like I would I, try to kick my fellow golfers out. Ooh, that's a great idea. I oh. would just try to see where the, to- where the power <laughs> ends. I would just, I would just be... Uh, Oh, you, that guy's playing pretty well. You're out of here, buddy. Hey, you're gone, buddy. Your day's done. You're, you're out of here, buddy. Like, just, just to see, well, I mean, just to see if they walked off. And golfers are such, apparently, they're such little bitches. They would probably just walk off. They'd be like, oh, man, he told me my day was done. Yes, see, I better leave now. This is what golf is missing is like Tiger Woods would have probably, like, he, so he wouldn't have done anything to this guy, but if you actually got in a confrontation with, with somebody on the golf course, I think he would have murdered them, like just ripped their head off. Yeah. Like the competitiveness that Tiger Woods had, he wouldn't have been, you're gone, buddy. Let's go practice being Navy SEALs. 
No, he would. <laughs> Tiger Woods would take his freaking putter and shove it through your eye socket, and <laughs> then just keep going and golfing. And we miss that in golf. And there isn't a guy like that. Bubba Watson could have been that guy. He isn't. Yeah, I well, Bubba Watson apparently is a very weird person. I don't know. I like too much about I like him, the Southern guys. With the whole... I like when those Southern yeah, those do, Southern you know, weird I, boys they succeed. I miss John Daly though. That's that was. My favorite golfer because I I love being able to turn on the TV and be a, and seeing this guy wearing American flag pants, a cigar in one hand, and probably a freaking a whiskey, uh, some Jack scotch. Daniels yeah. whiskey, and in the other hand, he looked like he was out for his normal Tuesday afternoon round of golf with the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like lo- I lo- he's me, awesome. he's me out there. Did you right. uh, did you hear that our favorite Southern boy signed a new contract? Yes, Blake Bortles, the man, the myth, and the legend. The boat. Yeah. He he signed like it was like fifty-four million dollars, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is it's funny you mentioned boats because he lives in Florida, but that pretty much is the only thing I can think of off the top of my head that Blake Bortles would actually do with fifty-four million. Oh, he's gonna he's totally gonna have um like a a pontoon boat that's like decked out, has like huge speakers, it's like decal to look jaguars colors and he's gonna have like a matching golf cart and uh like a jet ski that he tows along with it and just some natty ice might have it might not be jaguars colors because i don't think he's he thinks he's gonna be there forever might be natty ice on the side i is he a natty ice drinker i'm sure of it oh man i'm sure of it there's no way he's not Um, he's a he's a whatever's in the cooler guy that's exactly right. I, was, I don't think he. Down to earth I don't think he cares. Um, I think it's whatever is in the cooler. Um, he. Yeah, I can't even imagine what I would do with that type of money. His house is already amazing. I yeah. I saw it on a uh, an old episode of something. I forget what it, it was. was. Like a so cribs. It was like a barstool cribs, essentially. Oh okay, yeah. Barstool yeah, and they had some like uh, really. Cribs. B- some bimbo that wanted to like plow him there. I remember that. That was I, she that was, was funny. I do remember that. As she well. was but, way. I mean, I guess that's the other thing you could do. Yeah, just just bowing a bunch of bimbos. That that, that I mean that could. But you, I feel you know I who's gonna like Bortles. You know who's uh, gonna make some real money out there. Kirk Cousins. Um, we have the best landing spots for Kirk Cousins. You like that? Yeah. So what is uh? Where do you think he's gonna land? So, my my number one spot for Kirk Cousins to land is uh, Warwick Municipal Airport. I think that um, you know, jets come in and out of there all the time. While it's not uh, an airport known for its success necessarily, but if you succeed in Warwick, you can succeed anywhere. And right. if you if you come there, and I mean, I know. There's Newark right across the street. There's uh, JFK, JFK not that far. So there's other big guys in town. You won't. You're not the big right. dog if you're from if you're playing for Warwick or you're landing in Warwick. But you know you got that Warwick green on. You're kind of mean. You know they call them Gang Warwick. Um, they've had some success in the past, but they're just a they're just a an airport that's just like hungry for success and i think that if kirk goes there he might be able to now the the problem is they're really tight on security so there isn't any weapons there for kirk there's no weaponry 
if if he went there. Right. You know, yeah, he doesn't their have... TSA is very tight in that airport. Mm-hmm. They, uh... And so it's locked but down. There's no time, weapons. I've heard there's some problems with, like, baggage handlers and, uh, you know, the members of the uh, oh, yeah. staff. That, yeah, they you know, drop the a lot. And stuff. Yeah, um, they, I, I, but like I said, their 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 TSA is good. Their defense is always with when it comes to that stuff is always good. Um, so I, I think that's that's my number one. He'll also probably get the most right. you know the most upgrades there. Probably get you know they'll probably try to give him first class their own private jet if he wants. I mean they're going to yeah. offer him the most at Warwick. Yeah, he can. Uh, he will definitely be able to. His jet will be the first thing um, that will be allowed to taxi. Um, into that runway, he'll get priority seating and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I do, I do think that's true. Hundreds of millions um, of priority se- seating guaranteed. I think. Right. Oh yeah, they have to in order to land uh, such a. Super the mo- I think he'll get the airport. most guarantees there. You know, they'll guarantee him a spot at, so? the, at the airport bar. Um, guarantee him, I'd... you know, first class. Guarantee him no layovers. I think. I think Warwick is the place to go. I think that uh, that the uh, the airport, my my biggest landing spot for him. I well, whether he wants to now. See this this airport is is called uh, Burke Lakefront Airport, and it's it's an airport that a lot a lot of uh, quarterbacks have flown into, mm-hmm. very quickly turned around and flown out of. It mm. just just it, a long it, list it of quarterbacks that have, that have landed there. Just Oh, a ton. It's like 23 and counting. They always seem to fly into Burke Lake from... Do they have um, any list? Do they have a list themselves. of those guys anywhere? Uh, you know what? I think that they actually... Um, the airport keeps a a record of it. Uh, yeah, and I think it um, can be found on, on their Instagram and stuff. Um, but the, the thing with the thing with Burke Lake from is that it's a... So it's, it's a dingy airport. It's... it's um, like I said, it's nasty and, and brown, but people love it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Only, only in that area, only in the surrounding area, so, do you hear of? Um, and they've got other big airports nearby, and other t- or other airports in the uh, in the area that are that are better, and they compete for the same customers and, and the same you know title. Um, but people don't like people as much. Just love that that airport. So I'm looking them up right now. It is a dumpster fire. They're rating right now. Is zero out of sixteen stars, so that's yeah. a, that's last yeah. year's rating at least. So last year they went they yeah. went zero and sixteen. The year before that they got one out of sixteen stars, so they've actually dropped. Oh gosh! Um, in the sixteen star rating system, and it's yeah, it's not not the place that you that you want to go, but boy, they will pay they will pay you a lot of money. Um, yeah, to go there. It looks like they have a big. Big payroll there, right? Yes, because their management is an absolute joke, and the uh, the guy that owns the airport, I think, is probably crazy. Okay, I mean it's such a bad it's such a bad place to they fly didn't, into. So, ooh, into each other. Fun fact: they didn't. This airport left and then came back. Like they shut it down, and they were all in right. uproar about it. Um, it went. It looks like they there was a airport in Baltimore that that wanted them. Um, yep. changed the name, but it's the same, you know, the staff went over there. Um, and then, you right. know, there was such an outroar for it, they, they, they reopened. So that's cool. That's an interesting right. thing. Have had no yeah, success. I mean, it's, it's been a horrible place it's since they reopened, it looks like, but yeah. 
Yeah, which is too bad. I mean, I, when they when that airport, when the staff and everything moved to Baltimore, they actually had a fairly successful airport. They were able to get uh, they were able to get some of those stars. <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay, I'll probably cut that. Shut up! Shut up now! Both of you, stop. Stop! I don't care if there's an intruder. Like, I really don't. This is more important to me right now. Stop, Daisy. Stop it. Anyways. Um, yeah, so they were able to get, you know, yeah, when... This is... This is a team that was... Uh, fuck. This is an airport that, back in the 50s, had a lot of success. They were the best. They had the most... They had, you know, they had the ring of honor out, out in that airport. That They were just... They never stopped winning when there was only four airports. They, That's right. Huge. They had the first... Uh, maybe the best pilot of all time there. I mean, people yeah. say that it's been a long time, and so they, they uh, kind of overrate well, him. he was a pioneer pilot, though. He was... Basically, the male version of Amelia Earhart at that pilot position. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just an amazing history there. Um, it'd be great to see them come back. I think we're all rooting for them. Um, oh, you have to secretly root for Burke. But they're fun. They're fun to laugh at. It's like a dumpster they fire are. a little bit. Um, it is. It but is. It, it's one of those things. It's the best. You know, it's the best story in, in airports right now. You know, it's the last good true airport story. So, right. you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, the underdog of airports. We'll see if they can take to the skies once they get Definitely the doghouse of airports. <laughs> yeah, so oh, I think I think his best place that he could go, like, I mean, in, in terms of best success that they've had recently um, is uh, the Flying Cloud Airport. It's actually, a, a, I know, a great name, right? Um, yeah, you know they've they've had some some really good years there. They had a really good year last year. You know they they had a miracle there in, in late in January. The miracle at mm-hmm. uh, cloudy cloudy winds, <laughs> flying cloud. Didn't uh, <laughs> didn't they name one of their one of their fleets of planes the flying uh, people eaters? Yeah, they have a plane there. It's like a purple. Like it's that. like a purple plane. It's a purple people eater plane. Yeah, yeah it's an great. old plane, but uh, I think that that the spirit of that plane still lives on, and that that's their strength as they have. If they he have likes, really, if he's really into water sports, planes. lots of lakes there. You know, he yep. lo- if he likes water, there's tons of lakes. It's the city of lakes, or the, the you know the. There's Airport so- next to the city of lakes. Yeah, um, <laughs> lots of lakes. Lots of lakes. The, uh, that's the airport where they had, I mean, they've had a few pilots that have kind of either gone down with uh, injury. Didn't they bring in that really expensive pilot and then he had, he had some Yeah, they traded with, for him. Uh, they traded for him. His, you know, he yeah. just had some weird malfunctions, just some health issues that nobody really understands. And he's trying to get land somewhere else. As well as a couple other guys, there was one out of nowhere, you know that that was yeah, a scrub, and he was the, just flying all over the place. He was playing, he was flying great. Everybody wants him now. We'll see what happens there. Yeah, there was three. There was three probably starting pilots there, and now they're all going to be gone. Um, but right. Kirk might be better than all of them. We just don't know. That's true. Yeah, that's th- very true. He uh, the the, the he will. A couple things slip through the cracks here, so they have a few more weapons than these other places. Um, they do. They've got they've got a 
uh, like you know the guy who's ahead that sits up in the um what's the what's the term? Weird. The air traffic controller. Yeah, that guy. He has an eye patch. He has one eye. So that's weird. Um, it's kind of inspirational though. I feel like depth perception would be necessary for that job, but yeah, for leading that. Not if you're but, just if you're just reading the if you're just reading the flight patterns off the card there and making. If sure you know what you're doing and you trust yeah. your instincts, then you know sight is a little overrated. So I think, that's, yeah, yeah flying, cloud, flying Cloud is where to go. I'd love to see him go there. I'd love to, you know, see him just fly, fly it around. And, the, you know, they don't have any – they have trouble with turnovers when it comes to pilots. But, you know, Kirk does not turn the ball over. That's one thing that, that we no, know about him. And doesn't. so it would be a perfect fit, the best fit in my opinion. A great landing site for sure. I think that the uh, – my – my last one is is equally good. I think it's a very strong airport. Uh, this Centennial Airport, of course. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody knows it. They've got they've got a long history. They've got a couple of good quarterbacks. They have one great uh, pilot who is a legend there, and now he actually runs. Nobody really knows what he does at the airport, but he, he manages. He's like the I've vice heard he's a, I'm, of airport I, and pilot operations, and yeah, that's, the only, that's a real problem I foresee having is is. Uh, he thinks you know, he's a pilot whisperer, pilot so good. but he's had some trouble with well, pilots recently. Be, but he's had some troubles lately trying to get his I mean, pilot he, pushed up to being able to fly efficiently. I mean, he they says really he is. Just he just kind of lucked out on that one right. amazing pilot that, you know, and the, the surrounding, you know, the the um, stewardess around him, you know, they're just, they're they're out there really working, and they, they really want, are the ones that right. bring all those all that success home. He hasn't really yeah, had a really good a pilot. Great, yeah, they've got a great ground game. Mm. Um, they're, they're, you know, the guys that handle the baggage, guys that load the planes, fuel the planes, stuff. They're incredibly efficient. Yeah, they're also excellent. Um, much like uh, other airports that uh, are in that uh, area of, you know, it's it's a pretty high altitude airport. I've heard um, that they have so a. There, it's it's really popular there. So their lines are really big. They've got, I mean, they've got good sized lines yeah. there. Um, which is important for an airport. airport. You know, you want to be somewhere where uh, people want to be. So having big right. lines, big lines in front of Kirk, you know, that that in in a way is a good thing. Right. Well, definitely. And, and you got to remember that the bigger the lines are, the more protected you are mm -hmm. at an airport. Um, you know, when you land and there's a lot of there's big lines there, then you know that that airport is probably safe. Yeah. You probably have great defense against. Uh, delays and things like that yeah yeah yeah. Um, and you know kirk would be that would be a great place to land because they're you know their pilots recently uh, i think people are frustrated with their pilots because their pilots are more um delay managers than they are actually good at, at yeah flying the plane. they signed they so, signed those pilots young and early too they thought they were going to be great they got right out of you know pilot school and they they spent yeah. a lot on them and they just were not you know, and so they've got a lot of right. young pilots on the rosters, but they don't have anybody who can really go out there and and, and control a flight plan. So I, right. I'd love yeah, to see you him. You have to not only uh, manage manage the flight plan; you have to be able to almost to create opportunity. Make your own flight plan uh, for a flight plan on the on the fly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You they had a great pilot um, a few years back, I believe, who he had the best year ever. To the top of the airport. Uh, the pinnacle of airports because he was so good at making his own flight plans and adjusting if he saw something at another airport 
out of yeah. another airport yeah. that was going to prevent him from landing where he needed to. He would just adjust his flight plan. He always on the got on the time. the moment on the fly. It was great. It was great yeah, to see something fly. amazing, and it would just it'd be kind of cool to see them come back to greatness with Kirk. I think he has a lot of. It sure would. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen uh, greatness out of them. True greatness, I think, in uh, in the pilot. Since, uh, well, probably 15, the 90s. 2015. Well, no, 2015 was a great year, but the 90s were just there. I, I think he was a great, I think he was a brilliant pilot. I don't know that he was the most talented pilot. He was great at, at adjusting like we talked about. He had the most like flights in a year, ever. He had the most flights, he had the most successful flights in a year. Oh, that is true. Yeah, that's so that's that's, that's, that's important. Well, I think those are the best places. I think those are the best places that Kirk can uh, end up. Um, it'd yeah, be wonderful I, I to see him go there. Um, and I just, I don't really yep, have much so, else to say about that. No, I don't either. So we'll all keep our eyes out for a landing at either Burke Lakefront Centennial or uh, Warwick Flying Cloud. Warwick or Flying or Cloud. Warwick. Yep. Yep. Those are our four. And expected landing spots for Kirk Cousins, good airports, Yeah, good chance that he lands at one of those. Well, speaking of which, that brings me to my last thing. i got to catch a flight. So I guess that, that uh, kind of tools up the, the perfect time to get out of this podcast. Yes, sir. It was, uh, it was a pleasure uh, getting to talk to all the listeners again, and uh, we hope... I sincerely hope, uh, and I think I speak for Riley as well, in saying that we hope you have a wonderful week, that you enjoyed the podcast, and remember, 500, uh, 500 listens, and my uh, Instagram tea commercial for my diarrhea tea will be coming out. We're at 56 and, right uh, now. So what? We're at 56 right now, and I, I, I got to be honest with you, I have played some of them a few times just to up that number a little bit. If we get anywhere close to 500, I'm just going to play it over and over and over again until we get there. <laughs> just on repeat. <laughs> well, like, That's all fair. of them will be me, and you have promised it, and I'd love to see it, and it's going to happen. So with that, okay. I bid you adieu. If you guys need to get out of the closet like me, go ahead and do it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's 2018.